spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 happy day after Lawsuit Wednesday. How you guys doing, everybody? Well, I don't know if we have the lawsuits just yet. we got to count the votes. And then we'll have the lawsuits, possibly. All right, as uh, our good buddy Jeff Munn over there said, we're waiting on President Joe Biden, who I'm sure is going to talk about uh, he didn't uh, get crushed last night. There was not a red wave. It was kind of a red trickle. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are surprised by that. Uh, but still, the uh, Republicans could have both the House and the Senate. We'll see how that works out, but not nearly the margin that they thought. No. Uh, I think what we'll do is we wait for Biden. Let's tell you where we are right now, because I think that's what you're all waiting for. We're going to do this very often, every 10, 15 minutes or so. We're going to tell you where we are with uh, with the actual votes. And I, I just think that that's the best way to start. OK, let's start with the governor's race. Chad, when you and I left here last night around 11 o'clock, uh, basically, uh, Katie Hobbs was up by uh, about one hundred and sixty seven thousand votes. Yes. Now, we thought that was going to be the case. Uh, and, you know, maybe she did a little better than some people thought. But also, we were very clear that it was early and that Kerry Lake is going to make a comeback if you believe the polls. And the polls, I think, so far were right. Yeah. That 167,000 uh, uh, vote advantage for Katie Hobbs has disappeared, and she is leading by 11,877 votes. So basically, 12,000 votes yep. separate Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, and Kerry Lake, the Republican. Uh, if you want the percentage, we've got Hobbs 50.3%. Lake forty nine point seven. It is a it is a finish that they would say in horse racing is a uh, you know they're coming down the stretch. There they are, photo finish. We're going to have to look at at this point, right? Because uh, we still have a gobsmack of of you know ballots still floating around out there. I'm going to get to that right now. I'm glad you said that, uh, my good friend. Maricopa County has estimated that left to count are about four hundred and twenty six thousand votes. 426,000 votes. Let me tell you what these votes are. All right? We'll break it down. 50,000. And then I want to get your comment after each one. 50,000. Boy, am I bossy today. You Jeez, are. I'm judgy. I'm no, bossy. but you know what? I like it. I like it. <laughs> 50, so we got 426. 426K. 50,000 are early votes from Monday. So, wait, no, hold on. Early votes from Monday are 50,000. Yeah. Yeah. 86,000 are going to be from Friday through Sunday. So, there's a good chance uh, that's going to probably be 55, 45 kind of, you know, leaning Democrat. Okay. 275,000 of the 400 plus thousand. Okay. 275 dropped off at the polls. That's probably going to be. See, I don't six, think it's 65, I, okay. 35. I don't think it's all Lake, but I think a lot of it's I think lake. it's 65, 35. Remember, these are also people who may have forgotten to mail but their I ballot. But I still think a vast majority okay. of them are probably going to be Republicans. And you've got the 7,000 ballot issues with the technical problems, and they were dropped in something called like door number eight or whatever. Three. It is. Door number three. Not door number three. three, door number. I don't care. I'm on no sleep. It wasn't and even I got that. It was coffee. a bag. I, I got nothing. It was a bag. I know. Because you know what? I came in with uh, old uh, Jim Sharp this morning. Like, <laughs> Gato's just. Tweeted like 20 minutes ago. I was up all night. 
Uh, so the 7,000 ballots that there were trouble with that we spent the entire show and a lot of times we were talking to you out there. You had trouble voting. You had to put it in the little, the little, uh, you know, locked box thing. Those are 7,000. So, so that's kind of the breakdown. We're going to get a big uh, update tonight at seven. We'll be here live seven o'clock. Uh, the goal for Maricopa County is to have 95 to 99% of the ballots counted by Friday. Today is. What the hell is today? Today is Wednesday. Is it Wednesday, All Jeff day. Munn? Is it Wednesday? Wednesday. This, this would, be, would be Wednesday, Wednesday, November 9th. Okay. In the year of the Lord, 2022. Okay. All right. So so that's partly where we are. We told you how many ballots are left. We broke it down to what days they were dropped off. Uh, and, the se- uh, and uh, uh, you know, we'll get to all that. All right. So we said that Hobbs leads by 11,000. Make it 12,000 votes. All right, let's go to the U.S. Senator's race. Uh, Mark Kelly, 51.4%. Blake Masters, 46.4%. Yeah. Okay, so that is Mark Kelly leading by 90,000 votes. Should Mark Kelly feel safe? I think of all of these, I think Mark Kelly should feel, of the two we just talked about, he should feel safer than Hobbs. I do. Okay. Because I think he is, first of all, he is already, he's an incumbent. Secondly, he's been out there a little bit more, not a lot. Uh, but I think yeah, of all of them, he's still, he's 90,000 plus votes ahead. I, I think it'll get closer, but I still think he feels like he's got a lead enough that he's going to hold on. All right. Secretary of State, the Democrat, Adrian Fontes, 52.4%. Mark Fincham. He made up a lot of ground last night. Mark Fincham did. Made up a lot of ground. Remember, around 1.30 last night, Maricopa County dropped a ton of votes. Every Republican got about 75% of those votes. Yeah, yeah. And, And did we expect that? Yeah, we kind of expected it. Because remember, we expected just like what's happened before is somebody in the Democrats going to take the lead, some of these early stuff, then it's going to be chip, 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 chip away. They'll get a little bump again, then chip, 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 chip. Adrian Fontes leads by 84,757 votes. Should Adrian Fontes feel pretty safe here? Yeah, I, nah, you know what? It's I hard. Don't know. I, I, here's the thing with the drop offs, those 250,000 plus. Yeah. If those are a lot of Republicans, and I have a feeling they are, that's where that's going to be made up. But 84,000 votes. I'd that's... rather be Adrian Fontes than Katie Hobbs. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's go to the attorney general. Uh, let's see. Uh, obviously, a four year term. The Democrat, Chris Mays, leads by 4,000 votes. <sighs> She has uh, uh, 50.1%. Abe Froman has 49.9%. Abe Froman, Hamaday, whatever you want to say. Uh, that is super tight. Um, no one knows who's going to win that one. No. No idea. I think that's up in the air. Let's move on. Let's move on. I don't think there's anything really to say about that. And the lady who's got the most votes in all of her, the state treasurer, yeah. Kimberly E's got almost a million votes. She leads by 200,000. Yes, she's a Republican. She leads by 200,000. Uh, and so I think that's about 55% to 44%. That one's done. Yeah. So, all right, last one. Oh, this As one. we wait for President Joe Biden, who... I mean, it's going to be shuffling out any minute again. You know, finish it up. As don't jello. take a victory. Don't take a victory speech just because you didn't get your clock clean last night. Doesn't mean you're doing a good job. All right. Superintendent of public instruction. Uh, we've got Tom Horn, the Republican leads by 7000 votes over the Democrat, Kathy Hoffman. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Who's I gonna feel win. like 
if, again, so much of that is those walk-in day of drop-offs, 250,000. Yeah. If those go 55 or 60% towards Republicans, it is going to be outside of maybe Fontes and Kelly. I think it's the, the Republicans are going to have a real great shot of victory. All right. After we hear the president speak and we're waiting on the president to, to take questions after the midterms, uh, you know, we, we broke it down for you. You got about 50,000 early votes for Monday to be counted. 86,000 from Friday and Saturday, uh, 275,000 dropped off at the polls. Who are these voters? We're going to talk about that this hour. Who do we think those voters are? Where could these votes, uh, which side will these votes go? Um, that's, that's what we're concentrating on. Those are on. literally the million and billion dollar questions right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. There is no question about it. I think if you're looking at the big ones, set 275, 275,000 votes that were dropped off at the polls, I think a lot of people are saying that's got to be Republicans. I would just say this. A lot of people don't. A lot of people forget to mail in their ballot and then they drop it off. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're a Republican, a lot of Republicans want to see their ballot go through. They just don't want to drop it off. That's why they didn't mail it. So I would say if I'm Katie Hobbs, I'm hoping that I get some of those votes. If you had to pick now, Lake or Hobbs? Lake. Lake. Momentum? I think the momentum is big. And I think she is, I, and I think those two, I, I just have a feeling those 275 are going to be 55 to 60% Republican. Okay. All right. So uh, we're here all day. We're here all night. It's the Gatos and Chad show. Chad's had an hour of sleep. I did a little bit better, but I'm jacked with coffee, which is fantastic. And I get a little punchy. You know how, the, how that goes. So what the hell do we do now? Is Jeff going? No. We're going to toss the break. We're waiting for Joe Biden. It's going to be a fun show. We're having fun, kids. It's going to be hey, a fun, we're fun show. So deal with it. <laughs> we're back after this. KTAR Breaking News Alert. I'm Jeff Munn in the KTAR News Center. President Biden speaking to the media at the White House about last night's midterm elections. We take you to Washington Live. Well, we had an election yesterday. <laughs> And uh, it was a good day, I think, for democracy. And I think it was a good day for America. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little horse. Our democracy has been tested in recent years, but uh, with their votes, uh, the American people have spoken and proven once again that democracy is who we are. The states across the country uh, saw a record voter turnout. And the heart and soul of our democracy, the voters, the poll workers, the election officials, uh, they uh, did their job uh, and they fulfilled their duty. And apparently without much uh, interference at all, without any interference, it looks like. And that's a testament, I think, to the American people. While we don't know all the results yet, at least I don't know them all yet, uh, here's what we do know. While the press and the pundits are predicting a giant red wave, uh, it didn't happen. And I know you were somewhat miffed by my, uh, my uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good during the whole process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. And we lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in the last 40 years. And we had the best midterm for governors since 1986. And another thing that we know is that voters uh, spoke clearly about their concerns. 
about raising costs, the rising costs that they're in, and the need to get inflation down. There's still a lot of people hurting. They're very concerned. And it's about crime and public safety. And they send a clear and unmistakable message that they want to uh, preserve our democracy and protect the right to choose uh, in this country. And I especially want to thank the young people of this nation who, I'm told, I haven't seen the numbers, uh, voted historic numbers again. And uh, just as they did two years ago, and they voted to continue addressing the climate crisis, gun violence, their personal rights and freedoms, and the student debt relief. Last night, I was pleased to call Maxwell Frost, a 25-year-old who got elected, I guess, the youngest man ever elected to the United States Congress. And uh, I told him uh, uh, that uh, he, I, I told him that I was the first elected, the second youngest person ever elected to the United States Senate at 29. That I have no doubt he's off to an incredible start and what I'm sure will be a long, distinguished career. And when he's president and they say Joe Biden's out in the outer office, I don't want to say Joe who. Um, but the voters were also clear that they are still frustrated. I get it. I understand it's been a really tough few years in this country for so many people. When I came to office, we inherited a nation with a pandemic uh, raging and an economy that was reeling. And we acted quickly and boldly to vaccinate the country and to create a stable and sustained growth on our economy. Long-term investment to rebuild America itself, our roads, our bridges, our ports, our airports, clean water systems, high-speed Internet. And we're just getting started. The interesting thing is that this is all going to really come into clear view for people in the, month, in the months of January, February, March of next year. It's just getting underway. So I'm optimistic about how the public's going to even be more embraceable of what we've done. Historic investments that are leading companies to invest literally hundreds of billions of dollars combined to build semiconductor factories and other advanced manufacturing here in America. It's going to create tens of thousands of good-paying jobs. And by the way, a significant number of those jobs are going to be jobs that pay an average of $126,000, $127,000. You don't need a college degree to get those jobs. And we're dealing with global inflation as a result of the pandemic and Putin's war in Ukraine. We're also handling it better than most other advanced nations in the world. We're lowering gas prices. We're looking, we're taking on powerful interests, uh, lower prescription drug costs and health insurance premiums and energy bills. After 20 months of hard work, the pandemic no longer controls our lives. It's still a concern, but no longer controls our lives. Our economic policies have created a record 10 million new jobs since I came into office. Unemployment rate is down from 6.4 when I was sworn in to 3.7 percent, near a 50-year low. And we've done all this while lowering the federal deficit in the two years by 1.7 trillion dollars. Let me say it again. One point seven trillion dollars. No administration has ever cut the deficit that much. And reducing the federal deficit is one of the best things we can do to lower inflation. But while we've made real progress as a nation, I know it's hard for folks to see that project, that progress in their everyday lives. And it's hard to see the results from actions that we took uh, while well, we, ha we have to implement what we've done. But I believe we took the right steps for the country and for the American people. In fact, if you look at the polls, overwhelming majority, I don't look them much anymore because I'm not quite sure how to read them anymore. Uh, I hope you are uncertain as well. Um, but uh, overwhelming majority of American people support the elements of my economic agenda. 
from rebuilding America's roads and bridges to lowering prescription drug costs to historic investment in tackling the climate crisis to making uh, sure that large corporations begin to pay their fair share in taxes. I'm confident these policies are working and that we're on the right path and we need to stick with them. All these initiatives take hold, uh, as they do, from lead pipes being removed from schools and homes to new factories being built in communities with a resurgence of American manufacturers. It's already created, by the way, 700,000 brand-new manufacturing jobs. You've heard me say it ad nauseum. I don't know where it's written. It says we can't be the manufacturing capital of the world. We are now exporting product, not jobs, around the world. People across the country are going to see even more clearly the positive effects on their day-to-day lives. But I still understand why they're hurting right now. So many people are concerned. As I have throughout my career, I'm going to continue to work across the aisle to deliver for the American people. And it's not always easy, but we did it the first term. Now, I'll be surprised a lot of people that we signed over 210 bipartisan laws since I've become president. And we're revitalizing American manufacturing, gun safety. We did it together. And dozens of laws positively impacting on our veterans. And let me say this. Regardless, regardless of what the final tally in these elections show, and there's still some counting going on, I'm prepared to work with my Republican colleagues. The American people have made clear, I think, that they expect Republicans to be prepared to work with me as well. In the area of foreign policy, I hope we'll continue this bipartisan approach of confronting Russia's aggression in Ukraine. When I return from the G20 meetings in Indonesia with other world leaders, I'm going to invite the leaders of both political parties, as I've done in the past in my foreign trips, to the White House to discuss how we can work together for the remainder of this year and into the next Congress to advance the economic and national security priorities of the United States. And I'm open to any good ideas. I want to be very clear. I'm not going to support any Republican proposal that's going to make inflation worse. For example, the voters don't want to pay higher prescription costs for drugs. We've cut that now. We're going to kick into gear next year, next calendar year. And I'm not going to walk away from the historic commitments we just made to take on the climate crisis. They're not compromisable issues to me. And I won't let it happen. The voters don't want more taxes for the super uh, tax cuts for the super wealthy and biggest corporations. And I'm going to continue to focus on cost cutting for working and middle class families and building an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. I know you're tired of hearing me say that, but I genuinely mean it. That's what makes America grow. The wealthy do very well when the middle class is doing well and the poor have a way up and while continuing to bring down the federal deficit. You know, as we look at tax cuts, we should be looking at tax cuts for working people and middle class people, not the very wealthy. They're fine. And I look, I, if you can go out and be a multimillionaire, that's great. Just just pay your fair share. That's all. That's all. Just pay your fair share. It's like those 55 corporations in 2000 that made 40 billion dollars and didn't pay a penny in federal taxes. It's not right. Everybody has an obligation. So now they have to pay a staggering 15 percent. You all pay more than that for new taxes. So I'm going to keep my commitment that no one, no one earning less than $400,000 a year, and that's a lot of money where I come from, are going to see their federal taxes go up. And I want to be very clear. Under no circumstances 
Will I support the proposals put forward by Senators Johnson and the Senator from down in Florida to cut or make fundamental changes in Social Security and Medicare? That's not on the table. I will not do that. I will veto any attempt to pass a national ban on abortion, but I'm ready to compromise with Republicans where it makes sense on many other issues. And I'll always put the needs and interests of the American people first. So let me close with this. On this election season, the American people made it clear they don't want every day going forward to be a constant political battle. There's too much that of that going on. And there's too much that we have to do. The future of America is too promising, too promising to be trapped in an endless political warfare. And I really mean it. You've heard me say it time and again for the last 20 months or so. I am so optimistic about the prospects for America. We need to be looking to the future, not fixated on the past. And that future is bright as can be. We were the only nation in the world to come out of every crisis stronger than we went into the crisis. And that's a fact. I mean, I mean, literally mean that. We've come out stronger than we've gone in. And I've never been more optimistic about America's future than I am today. You know, I, particularly because of all those young people I talked about, 18 to 30. They're showing up. They're the best educated generation in American history. They're the least prejudiced generation in American history. They're the most engaged generation in American history. And they're most involved. Look, after a long campaign season, I still believe it always have. This is a great nation, and we're a great people. And it's never been a good bet to bet against America. Never been a good bet to bet against America. There's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we work together. We just need to remember who the hell we are. We're the United States of America. The United States of America is nothing beyond our capacity. And I'm pretty well convinced that we're going to be able to get a lot done. Now, I've been given a list of 10 people that I'm supposed to call on. Okay, the president of the United States, Joe Biden's going to uh, get some questions. Uh, He's going to answer it. You're listening to the president of the United States. And he's talking about Democrats didn't have a terrible night. He wants to work with Republicans. Uh, Here are some of the questions that uh, Biden is going to answer on KTAR. As you mentioned, uh, how come we never hold you guys the same standard you hold us to? But anyway, go ahead. Fulfill I'm, te- I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> you mentioned that uh, Americans are frustrated, and in fact, 75% of voters say the country is heading into the wrong direction. Despite the results of last night, what in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing, because they're just finding out what we're doing. The more they know about what we're doing, the more support there is. Do you know anybody who wants us to get rid of the change we made on prescription drug prices and raise prices again? Do you know anybody who wants us to walk away from building those roads and bridges and, and the Internet and so on? I don't, I, I don't know. Any, I think that the problem is the major piece of legislation we passed, and some of it bipartisan, takes time to be recognized. For example, you got, you got over a trillion dollars worth of infrastructure money, but not that many spades have been put in the ground. It's taking time. For example, I was on the phone congratulating a Californian recently, and then someone in, uh, uh, up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the congressman got elected. He said, can you help us make sure we're able to have high-speed rail, rail service from Scranton to New York, New York City? I said, yeah, we can. We can. 
First of all, it'll make it a lot easier, take a lot of vehicles off the road. And we have more money in the, in the pot now, already, already out there, we voted for, than the entire money we spent on Amtrak to begin with. And it's the same way. For example, I talked about through the campaign that we're going to limit the cost of insulin for seniors to, to uh, $35 a month instead of $400 a month. Well, it doesn't take effect till next year. So there's a lot of things that are just starting to kick in. And the same way with what we've done in terms of the environmental stuff. It takes time to get it moving. So I, I'm not going to change. As a matter of fact, you know, there's some things I want to change and add to. For example, we've had passed the most bipartisan. We passed the most extensive gun legislation, anti, you know, rational gun policy in 30 years. And but we didn't ban assault weapons. I'm going to ban assault weapons. They're going to try like the devil. So I'm not going to change the direction. I said I ran for three reasons. I'm going to continue to stay where I am. And I know I fully understand the legitimate concern that what I'm saying is wrong. OK. One is that I said we're going to restore the soul of the country, begin to treat each other with decency, honor and integrity. And it's starting to happen. People are, the, 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 the conversations are becoming more normal, becoming more, more, how can I say it, uh, um, decent. Second thing I said was I want to build a country from the middle out, the bottom up, and that way everybody does fine. I'm tired of trickle down. Not a whole lot trickles down when you trickle down to hardworking folks. And the third thing I know is still very hard. I'm going to do everything in my power to see to, to reunite the country. It's hard to sustain yourself as a leading democracy in the world if you can't, can't generate some unity. So I'm not going to change anything in any fundamental way. And just on a different topic, Mr. President, uh, Russia today claimed that it had uh, evacuated uh, the, you know, the Kherson region and the Kherson city. Do you believe that this is potentially an inflection point um, in that conflict? And do you believe that Ukraine now has the leverage it needs to begin peace negotiations with Moscow? Uh, first of all, I found it interesting they waited till after the election to make that judgment, and, uh, which we knew for some time that they were going to be doing. And it's evidence of the fact that they have some real problems, Russian, the Russian military, um, number one. Number two, whether or not that leads to, at a minimum, it will lead to uh, time for everyone to re recalibrate their positions over the winter period. And it remains to be seen whether or not there will be a judgment made um, as to uh, um, whether or not Ukraine is prepared to uh, compromise with Russia. I'm going to be going to the G20. I'm told that President Putin is not likely to be there, but other world leaders are going to be there in Indonesia. And we're going to have an opportunity to see uh, what, uh, what the next steps may be. Um, Nancy, CBS, Nancy Cordes. Thank you, Mr. President. I have a few questions. <laughs> okay. Saving them up. Uh, first of all, uh, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy said last night that it is clear we are going to take the House back. Do you think he's probably right about that? Well, based on what we know as, as of today, we've, uh, we've lost very few seats for certain. Uh, we still have a possibility of, uh, of keeping the House, but it's going to be close. And, for example, in, uh, in, in Nevada, we won all three of those seats, contested seats. I went out for each of I spoke with each, for each of those folks, but um, we won them all. I didn't know that last night. So it's, it's a moving target right now, but it's going to be very close. 
Can you can you describe your relationship with Mr. McCarthy? How often do you speak to him? What do you think of him? I think he's a Republican leader, and uh, I haven't had much of occasion to talk to him. But I will be talking to him. I think I think I'm talking to him later today. When it comes to your legislative agenda, when you were vice president, your legislative agenda basically ran into a brick wall two years in when Republicans took control of the House, and that lasted for the rest of the Obama presidency. Is there any way for you to prevent that same fate from happening this time around? Yes. If Republicans take control of the House. Yes, uh, because it's going to be much closer if they take control. They can't, look, the predictions were, and again, I'm not being critical of anybody who made the prediction that I got, okay? This is supposed to be a red wave. You guys, you were talking about us losing 30 to 50 seats, and this was going to... No, we're, that's not going to happen. And so there's always enough people... In the, on the other team, whether it's Democrat or Republican, that the opposite party can make an appeal to and maybe pick them off to get the help. And, uh, and so it remains to be seen. But look, I, I, I doubt whether or not, uh, for example, all the talk, uh, I'd ask the rhetorical, I don't expect you to answer, but the rhetorical question, um, do you think that, uh, um, you know, uh, Senator Johnson is going to move to cut Medicare and Social Security? And if he does, how many Republicans are you going to vote for? So it depends. All right, there you have it. President uh, Joe Biden uh, taking questions as the midterms shake out. Uh, obviously, here in Arizona, we don't have uh, we don't have any uh, decisive uh, uh, you know He's winners. He's not talking about yet. our part of the country. He's talking about the rest of it. Okay, so let's go over what the president said. If you're just joining us, we what about 15 minutes or so of President Joe Biden? Uh, he said the Democrats have a chance to keep the House. We'll see about the Senate. Uh, he started out by saying uh, it was a good day for democracy. He said the red wave did not happen. Uh, Chad, I think he's right on on both of those. You know, I think a lot of people thought it was a red wave and it wasn't. It was kind of a red trickle here in Arizona. You know, listen, the the big four candidates, it could all go red. Yeah, we know that that's a possibility today. But across the country, it was not a red wave. It was not a red wave. But at the end of the day, they still have a chance of winning the Senate. Sure. And. And, and you know, most most are predicting now uh, 222 seats, which would give them the the house. So they got over the line. You don't uh, one win is one win, one nothing or five hundred nothing. It doesn't change anything. Oh, well, then are we talking about what a wave looks like? Because this doesn't look yeah. like a red wave. I, you know, I think we've we've got to start putting things. You know, there's a difference between a win and a mandate, right? You know what what DeSantis got handed yesterday is a mandate to do what you want. We like where you're going. Yeah, it was a big uh, win. Uh, if Carrie Lake wins, that's not a mandate. No. She may win by 15, 20, 30,000 votes. Same thing with Hobbs. That's a, we chose you over the other person. That's it. Hmm. So it's interesting because you and I had these conversations. What are people going to vote on? Are you voting on the economy? Is that your lead issue? You know, there's a, a study out that says, you know, almost half of Americans say, hey, I'm not better off today than I was two years ago. Yeah. With inflation and gas prices and all that kind of stuff. But I had to tell you. If you look across the country, democracy was on the ballot. In some places, regionally, it was it was a very regional, because it's midterms and it's regional, it's local anyways, but it seemed like this portion of the country was really into this. This portion of the country was into this. and Abortion it, was on the ballot. In some places, yeah. yeah. Where it was actually on the ballot in five states. Well, that is true. Yeah. But it seems like, I, I don't know, man, I think maybe a lot of people said, hey, the economy, we don't like this economy. 
We don't really like what Biden's doing. Look at his you know, ratings. He's at 43% or something approval. And no one thinks he's doing a good job on the economy. But people didn't go out and vote overwhelmingly for Republicans. There's got to be a reason for that. And it, you know, Bad my gut- candidates played a huge okay. part. That played a massive part. I even heard Chris Christie today said, it's simple, man. And Mitch McConnell said it a few months ago. Bad candidates. Yeah. You're not going out of your way for a bad candidate. And, and... That is something that I think people are starting to realize that there's only so much you're going to do. It's six and one half dozen the other. It's it's just gridlock. That's kind of what we just we bought gridlock. If the, the, every side just bought some gridlock, that's all they really I bought. Mean, but wasn't this a referendum on Donald Trump, too? Because these are Trump candidates. Now, again, I want to go back and say this. All four of Trump's candidates in Arizona, they could win. They are in a position to win. They could all lose, too. But I really don't think that's he going to happen. Struggled. Oh, he had like fourteen Oz? What, big candidates that got beat. Absolutely. So, Oz last night was a big one, and the other one was the 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 governor of Pennsylvania. The that race, that guy got absolutely boat raced. Right. He didn't help Rubio, and he did not help DeSantis, which I think also angered him. Yeah. So I think you. I think there are a lot of people out there that say I'm tired of these election deniers. We got to move on. And I think you make a good point too. It's 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 the candidates. I really didn't like any of the candidates no. that I voted for. No, I really didn't. No, it was a whole did your, anybody a hold your nose kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that there were uh, I, I think, you know, you had some people who really, really like Carrie Lake and they were excited to vote for her. That's what Alex. And told that's me. about it. Were people excited to vote for Hobbs? No, no, I don't think so. All right, wise man, what do you want to do? I didn't hear it in my ear. All right. A little breaking uh, traffic. It's, uh, it's almost 2.40, so uh, you heard from the President of the United States. We'll continue to kind of break this down. He says it was a good day for democracy. Uh, we're watching the ballots here, uh, and we're going to get a big drop at 7 o'clock. Uh, when we come back, we'll tell you exactly where we stand here in, in, in Arizona. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, afternoons. All right, so uh, President Biden's still talking. Uh, we took a little bit of that. He said that it was a good day for democracy. Uh, he didn't get shellacked like a lot of people thought. Um, and he still might lose the Senate and the House, so we'll have to wait and see. All right, so here's where we stand right now uh, in Arizona. There are 426,000 ballots left to count in Maricopa County. All right. You got 50,000 early votes from Monday. You've got 86,000 votes that were dropped off between Friday and Sunday. You've got the big one, 275,000 ballots that were dropped at the polls yesterday. We got uh, we had the snafu, the technical problem, then nobody put any toner in the printer. We got 17,000 of those ballots that were put in something called box three. They have yet to be counted. So we have in Maricopa County 426 a thousand votes left to count. If you're looking at the race, um, you've got Hobbs with the slightest lead, uh, and then you've got uh, Kelly, who's up by three or four percentage points. But where where are these votes coming from? The four hundred and twenty four two six. Where are they coming from? Are they Republicans? Are they Democrats? Joining us now is Dr. Mike O'Neill. He's our political analyst here at KTAR. And from what I understand, Doc, you've been uh, crunching the numbers and you have figured some stuff out. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I I, I think I have. Uh, Let me tell you what's going to happen. Tonight, there will be a dump and it will include 
the early ballots, 86,000, as you said, from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and 50,000 from Monday. And those will lean Democratic. And all these four Democrats who all have leads right now in the major offices will be uh, very positively received, and their uh, leads will increase. Then later in the week, we will, by the way, I think those 17,000 in a lockbox have been counted, but okay. but that's a smaller number anyway. Uh, but the 275,000, which will, as of, uh, as of the end of tonight, be the primary outstanding votes to be counted, those are ones that were dropped off on Election Day. And if recent history uh, is predictive, which I think it will be, those will be heavily Republican votes. Those will be people, even though they're technically from the early voting list, those are people who in 2020 more resembled Election Day voters. There's a lot of them, and I expect those to break heavily for Republicans, and I expect that the consequence of that will be that the four Democrats who are ahead right now, Mark Kelly, Hobbs, Fontes and Mays will be split down the middle and that Kelly and Fontes's lead will be enough that they will survive that onslaught of Republican votes, but that Katie Hobbs and Chris Mays will lose. Wow. wow. How's that for prediction? Uh, that's uh, that's well, you know, that's spot on. I like it. I like it. If this works, we're going to Vegas, my man. Uh, it, it, <laughs> so, uh, Doc, uh, how much would you say it's going to be heavily on uh, we got about a minute here. You would say it's heavily breaking those day of drop offs. Are we talking like 55, 45, 60, 40? No, no. We're talking about much more heavy, heavy than that. The Maricopa County day of ones have broken traditionally. Uh, they're, they're like two, two to one, better than two to one oh, wow. for the Republican. So that's you take that two seventy five out and it's it's a big number. All right. Like last night, seventy five percent of the votes went to the Republicans. A big number like that, you thinking? Yep. Up in that neighborhood, two thirds to three quarters. And that's what will cost uh, Katie Hobbs and Chris Mays, who've been leading since the beginning on this. But it was a blue mirage and it was a it was not a surprise. It was completely predictable. We knew that the we would vote, we would tally the early vote first, and we knew that that would favor the Democrats, okay. which it did. And all the Democrats went out ahead. Some of them went out a little bit. More, and we've been treating them as a group since the beginning. But now when push comes to shove and a bunch of Republican leaning votes come in, there's a difference between uh, Katie Hobbs, who's up by uh, 11,000 votes, and Mark Kelly, who is up by 90,000 votes. All Kelly's right. up by 90,000. Fontes is up by 84,000. I think they will survive the Republican okay. onslaught. Katie Hobbs, 11,000. Or Chris Mays, 4,000. I it. think those disappear. Hey, Doc, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, coming up next is Dr. O'Neill Wright. His prediction, Kelly Fontes, hold on. Lake, Abe, win. We'll talk about it next.